Nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Coming up on Money Beat, the mammoth financial regulation law. Dodd-Frank is in the crosshairs down in Washington, D.C. What parts might stay? What parts might go? Did it even achieve its goals? And at what cost? We will discuss all that and more today with Oliver Ireland, who is a former associate general counsel at the Federal Reserve and now a partner at the law firm Morrison Foster. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Hello, welcome to Money Beat, coming to you from New York City. Paul Vigna, Stephen Grosser, along with two of our uh, stalwarts and voices you will recognize, Rachel Louise Ensign. Rachel, how are you? I'm well. How Good are you doing? Good to see doing? you again. How are you doing? Good. Uh, Aaron Lucchetti. Aaron, how are you? Good. Hello, gentlemen. Good. Good to have everyone here in the studio. And joining us on the phone, uh, Oliver Ireland is a partner at Morrison Foster and also had worked you have a background at the uh, at the Fed Oliver you worked there also right I spent 26 years in the Federal Reserve 26 years at the Federal Reserve and the reason we wanted to get an Oliver in today is because what we want to talk about today uh, is Dodd-Frank the, the 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 financial regulatory law that emerged out of the crisis of 2008 it's on the block uh, President Trump wants to you know, at the very least, review it, if not repeal the entire thing or parts of it or whatever. You know, so it's on the block. What will get chopped off, I guess, is the real question. And that's what we want to kind of talk about today, because that is going to matter. Uh, and, and, and Aaron and Louise, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Rachel, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it's going to matter for the banks just a little bit. Just a little. Just yeah. a little. Yeah, it's a, it's a big issue for the banks. I mean, when Trump was elected, just to roll the clock back of two or three months, uh, bank stocks rolled ahead. And, and part of that was the idea that, that inflation and, and growth would be back again with infrastructure projects. But the other big part of it was that deregulation was coming. And we've seen uh, hints of that. We've seen more more moves in that in that direction. But there's still a lot of uncertainty as in terms of how it all plays out, how quickly, and in what steps, and who who it helps among the banks the most, we had a we had a post out earlier this week with one analyst sort of suspecting it could be forty to sixty billion in income for the banks. Um, that and higher rates Not in one year, yeah, per year for the banks. And we had a number too That's last a pretty week, pretty big number that that looked at the potential for a hundred billion dollars in all in capital returns when you talk about increased dividends increased buybacks because that's a big a big part of what the Fed and other regulators yeah. are doing um, you know they're, they're much more involved now since the financial crisis in how much banks can return to their shareholders uh, which helps their ROEs their profitability um, and and it's a very yeah. very big issue going forward well let's uh, let's we'll bring, bring all of yeah, yeah. and Oliver, before we start getting into what uh, we think might end up going uh, is there anything that Dodd Frank does right? Uh, Dodd Frank. Dodd Frank is a very large piece of legislation. It's printed as it came out of the Congress. It was over two thousand pages, and there's an awful lot in there. Uh, I think it would be different people will have different views on what it does right, but I think almost anybody could go in there and find something they liked that's uh, actively looking at the financial system. For example, there is there are provisions <clears throat> that provide for greater oversight of financial market utilities that are clearing systems <clears throat> for stock transactions. 
and uh, commodities transactions and large dollar payment systems. And if one of those things went uh, failed, you'd have very serious problems. Uh, his formalizing oversight of those uh, may be a good thing and may not lead to a mm-hmm. lot of costs on the financial system. Mm-hmm. Other parts of Dodd-Frank lead to large compliance costs and, other par- and still other parts and some of the same parts lead to restrictions on people's activities that create costs. And but it, it I don't I think it'd be uh hard to say that the whole thing is a failure or counterproductive. Well, Oliver, this is uh, Aaron. You raised a good point off the top that this is a very large piece of legislation. Was Dodd-Frank too big? Is it trying to do too much? Uh, would it have been more effective or would it be more effective? more focused and targeted on, on a couple of key goals? Well, Dodd-Frank was a response to the financial crisis. And we tend to enact legislation in response, financial legislation in response to financial crises. It's happened before. It happened after the Fed was created after the currency panic of 1907. The FDIC was created after the Great Dep- during the Great Depression. Uh, and Dodd, there were major legislation after the thrift crisis in the late 80s and early 90s. And so Dodd-Frank is no surprise. Uh, Dodd-Frank was passed, and at the same time, there was a financial crisis inquiry commission that went and looked at what had happened and what went wrong. And it put out a report, but its report came out after Dodd-Frank had already passed. A more thoughtful process would have been to look at what really went wrong and target uh, those problems rather than uh, put together a large piece of legislation before you were clear on what problem you were trying to solve. You know, when I talk to bank executives, one thing they've said to me since the election is, I've asked them, hey, do you want to see Dodd-Frank repealed? And some of them definitely do. But what they're really worried about is also, uh, you know, how the regulations Dodd-Frank and beyond are actually enforced and implemented. So they'll say, I'm waiting to see who the head of the OCC is, who the head of the FDIC is, and the approach they take to um, actually enforcing various laws. I mean, I'm, I'm curious if that's something you're hearing, too, and if, if their concerns, worries go way beyond just repealing Dodd-Frank. Oh, absolutely. In addition to Dodd-Frank, there has been, I, I think, a, a change in the regulatory and supervisory climate. A lot of what happens to banks and a lot of how they conduct their business depends on a very thorough and intensive examination process. They're examined by the federal bank regulators. The regulators uh, look at all of their operations. They comment on them. They criticize things they don't like. And the tone of that process has a very significant impact on the way the banking organizations do their business. And that tone has been very conservative since the financial crisis. And so how that, how that tone operates going forward uh, may have as much effect on bank lending as changes to Dodd-Frank, perhaps more. 
Yeah, that, that's really interesting. I remember last year when all the energy loans were starting to be troubled, it was we reported at the time regulatory guidance that basically made the bank say half or more of their lo- energy loans were you know, bad and troubled, and then none of them actually went bad for the most part. Well, there, there was a period in the early 90s in response to the thrift crisis when there was a crisis there was a concern about what were called character loans, banks who lent money to people, particularly smaller banks, in their communities that they had good experiences with, but the documentation for the loans wasn't as strong as it might have been. And banks were cutting back character loans because of pressure from the regulators in the examination process. And eventually directives went out from Washington that said, let the banks make character loans. It's it's the same kind of thing. We have to how that how the how that exam process and how that supervision process plays out over the next few years will be very important. I'm I'm curious just about the lending aspect. I mean, we've written this many times in our stories that it, it seems to be much more of a demand issue than a supply issue. That banks are lending, but the demand is there. Is that what you guys? I mean, Rachel, Aaron, are finding. You know, it's actually, especially on the business lending side, kind of the opposite, which is that, well, not the opposite, but there is a lot of demand and there is a lot of supply. So it was interesting to me that. During the uh, session with Gary Cohn and Jamie Dimon, when they they rolled this out, what Trump said was, oh, it's horrible. So many of my friends with businesses can't get loans when Mm. in reality, what we've seen since the crisis is tightening credit for consumers. But business lending has boomed because of the low rates. Businesses are just taking out loans from banks and banks have really leaned on businesses to uh, prop up loan growth when they're not going to make the, those kind of shoddy mortgages that they were making before. So, um, I, I mean, that's a question that I have is, is there going to be an even bigger uptick that, you know, Donald Trump thinks will happen or is that kind of tapped out? Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's one or the other at this point. I think early on after the crisis, there was definitely a, a sense that banks were not lending um, and it was very hard to get a loan. I think that's loosened up somewhat. But in recent weeks, you know, Brian Moynihan, the head of Bank of America, the second largest bank in the country, um, made a direct link between relaxed capital rules and more lending. He said if we had to, you know, put up more capital um, because we're a, a very large bank, that's going to hurt our ability to lend. So it's still at the margin has an impact. Let's, uh, let's take a break okay. right there. Come back after this more about Dodd-Frank. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. Robert Half is here to help. Our recruiting professionals utilize our proprietary AI to connect businesses with highly skilled talent. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Love tech? Dig gadgets? Then make tech news briefing from the Wall Street Journal a part of your day. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. 
Welcome back to Money Beat. And folks, listen, remember, if you want more podcasts from the Wall Street Journal, we love to make them for you. You can check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter. Everyone's on Twitter these days, right? Right? You should be there, too. Well, we're there. Uh, we are at WSJ Podcasts. You can subscribe. We're on iHeartRadio, Amazon Echo, iTunes, of course, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play Music app on your Android devices. And we are talking about the Dodd-Frank law, the financial regulatory law that came in after the crisis. And on the phone, we have Oliver Ireland, who's a partner at the firm Morrison Foster. And he was also associate general counsel at the Federal Reserve. He is one of the top banking lawyers that you're ever going to get on the phone. (laughs) So we are lucky to have him on the phone, Oliver. Uh, Welcome back to the show, of course. Thank you. And uh, Grocer wanted to jump in with a question. What's well, up? I mean, obviously, what Trump, you know, when he signed that, he was looking at it's a hundred. I think it's you know, the executive order. Yeah, the executive yeah, yeah. order. It's a hundred and twenty day review of Dodd Frank, I think, and they're supposed to come back, uh, you know, uh, with recommendations. So the question I have is, and, and Trump has made this clear when he's announcing it, he doesn't want the banks to be able to run wild. But he does want to, you know, free them up to lend and, you know, have the things that were blocking growth get out of the way. So the, the question I have for you, Oliver, is what um, sort of parts of Dodd-Frank do you think are most likely to change? I, I think, first of all, I think the, if you read the executive order carefully, it puts in place a process. It establishes seven criteria for the regulatory structure going right. forward. It requires an initial report in 120 days and then follow-on reports after that, periodically afterwards. So I think it's establishing a process. But there are provisions of Dodd-Frank that, in hindsight, I think, either because of the statutory provisions or the way they're implemented, have been uh, very costly, and it's a question of whether the cost is worth the, the benefit. Let me give you two or three illustrations. Uh, Large banks, very large banks, and a lot of the focus in Dodd-Frank is on very large banks, are required to plan their own failure, how they would be taken apart. Living wills. Living wills in in the process of failure. And part of that came out of the fact that the regulators, when they looked, I think, perhaps at Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers, realized they didn't really know what was going on there, and they weren't prepared to deal with it very effectively. Mm -hmm. The process of living wills and the level of detail and the amount of effort that's gone into it has been tremendous. And I, I think there's a real issue here about whether... There is some sense, or there, it makes some sense, to have people thinking about that, those issues and have some general guidance out there and perhaps people that have contingency plans to deal with it, but that the process itself has become more complex and more uh, expensive than the benefits you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Similar <clears throat> criticisms, I think, have been raised with capital planning and stress testing around capital levels. We not only have capital rules that set levels, but we have hypothetical stress tests where the banks have to look at what would happen to their portfolio if certain economic events 
occurred and do a model of, of how that would work and how they would respond to it. And there are benefits to stress testing and there are benefits to modeling. My sense is, again, the process has gotten more complex than the benefits that are being received, and it's gotten more costly. Hmm. And, in fact, those uh, tests may have more effect on capital and lending uh, patterns than the uh, re remaining capital rules that are written down and consistent from year to year. I'm curious what you think is going to happen with the CFPB, given that it was established by Dodd-Frank. Conceptually, I don't have a problem with having a consumer bureau that uh, administers the consumer laws as sort of as a law enforcement agency. Um, those laws were scattered around a bunch of agencies before, and the CFPB, locating them in the CFPB makes some sense. I frankly never understood why they wanted to have a single director. I came out of the Federal Reserve Board where we typically had seven governors. I think they only have five now. Right. And all those governors contributed something. They provided continuity. Uh, they balanced each other out. And I think you had a very deliberative process. And I think that led to uh, more stable policies over time. It gave, you comp it gave staff confidence so that you had a very good career staff. I think the structure and focus of the CFPB needs to be looked at, and I think people will look at it. I don't think it's actually going to go away. Uh, Oliver, the, uh, another area that's gotten a lot of focus recently is on Wall Street, the Volcker Rule, which prohibits a lot of trading that used to be commonplace at investment banks and large banks like J.P. Morgan. Um, since Trump has come into office, we've heard talk about how the Volcker Rule hurts what people on Wall Street call liquidity or the ease of buying and selling. If I want to sell a bond and the Wall Street firms aren't able to trade as easily, I might pay a, a higher price to get that bond or I might have to work harder to get it or sell it. Uh, and that's been a concern. On the other hand, the, the Trump White House and some of the advisors have talked about a 21st century Glass-Steagall, which sounds like a lot of the same arguments you hear when people talk about the Volcker Rule, separating the risky casino trading mentality on one side with the federally insured deposits over here that everyone uh, counts on. Where do you see that issue going? How, how much change might we see to these trading desks under the Volcker Rule uh, as Dodd-Frank gets a, a new look? I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a black and white issue. Uh, one, I, I work with a lot of institutions on implementing the Volcker Rule. And aside from the fact it's not clear to me how much the Volcker proprietary trading had to do with the financial crisis, I think that was a mortgage underwriting issue. But leave that aside, the, the Volcker rule as drafted and as implemented not only restricts proprietary trading, but requires banks to maintain a great deal of data to demonstrate that certain activities that are permitted, like acting as a market maker, aren't, in fact, proprietary trading in another guise. And the costs of those compliance mechanisms and 
both domestically and the fact that because many foreign banks do business in the United States and are subject to the Volcker Rule internationally has been huge. And so I think you can reduce the costs of the Volcker Rule if you wanted to maintain it. Uh, and at the same time, by loosening up some of the distinctions between market making and proprietary trading, which I don't think is really a bright line at all, you can help address the liquidity issues at the same time. Nonetheless, at the bottom line is the Volcker rule, is going to, as long as you keep it, is going to restrict liquidity. And do you think this talk of a 21st century Glass-Steagall will, will sort of dissolve away, or will that be a, a big part of what you think the Trump administration will look at? Know. I don't know what – people say 21st century Glass-Steagall. <laughs> we had a problem with, the, with mortgages right. and mortgage-backed securities. You could trade, banks could buy mortgages and mortgage-backed securities regardless of Glass-Steagall. Mm -hmm. that, that's not a Glass-Steagall issue. Right. I, yeah. I, I, I think people use the term Glass-Steagall as an effort to try to say we want to keep uh, banks with insured deposits out of risky businesses that don't really promote the economy whatever that means. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, you know, let me ask you this, and we've been kind of talking around this a lot, but I actually think this probably should have been our very first question. Uh, do you think, Oliver, that Dodd-Frank in its entirety was an effective piece of legislation, at least in response to the, the crisis that, that gave birth to it? I mean, do you think that for all the costs and all the regulations and all, all the myriad thousands of pages of it, do you, do you think it was in a, do you think it's effective? <laughs> we ask the hard questions on this show, Oliver. Is it a net positive? I think, sure. I think you had to you needed after the financial crisis, you needed to restore confidence in the financial system so that it could go forward. And I think Dodd-Frank has helped do that. I think it did it at a cost uh, that was unnecessary, mm. and I think uh, more could have been done to focus on the restoration of confidence and uh, less focus on assigning blame, looking backward. Okay, interestingly, and that, that would have worked. That would have been more effective approach for the economy. It's interesting because the stress test, which Oliver correctly noted, is one of the more expensive pieces uh, of an ongoing. Uh, remnant of Dodd-Frank was one of the most important at restoring confidence in the early days, 2010, 2011, when the Treasury and the Fed put it together. Uh, and they said these banks are sound. Look, they could take a huge recession and still survive. That was that was an important confidence point. I, I, I think that's right. Then the question is, how many time, how frequently do I have to do that going forward to maintain that confidence? Do you need an annual physical or an every other year physical? <laughs> exactly. And, and, and how – what – what are we going to test every year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think the initial restoration of confidence was critical, and that was very important. But I think the process going forward is now not so much focused on the confidence as just trying to make sure that people have uh, reasonable risk management programs in place. And I think we're probably overkill for that purpose. 
One of the questions I have, and, and this is obviously Dodd-Frank specifically to financial institutions, but this also speaks to, you know, Obamacare and all the sort of deregulation that Trump is talking about. How We heard when Obama, you know, sort of uh, in the early part of Obama's uh, presidency about how the regulatory uncertainty was bringing, a, a, you know, a lot of cost to businesses. Businesses couldn't budget and so they weren't investing. This swing back and, you know, raises concern what's going to happen in the future if the Democrats take the House and uh, and the presidency. This regulatory swing back and forth, what's the cost to businesses? Are business talking about, you know, that kind of, you know, the concerns around that? Well, I I think that uncertainty of the regulatory environment has been a very big issue in banking going forward and financial services more broadly, and I think it has a huge cost. Uh, I think we're in an an era right now or a period of expectation that things are going to be better, but this swing back and forth in the regulatory area is something we do. I've been in this business long (laughs) enough to see it cycle a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, Oliver, you you touched on the uh, appointments and the the uh, the importance of of sort of who was in what agency earlier on. What what can we tell so far from who Trump has appointed? I, we've seen Stephen Mnuchin, Treasury nominee. Jay Clayton has been nominated at the SEC. Gary Cohn from Goldman Sachs is a key advisor. What 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 can we tell so far from from the people he's putting in these key positions? He's putting in people with business experience, and so the, the, that's a positive. You'd say overall. I think business experience is valuable, and I, I think business experience in regulators is valuable. I um, spent years at the Federal Reserve Board, and when we had governors that had been executives at major banks, for example, or even at small banks, they would bring to the table practical experience that theoretical economists uh, and people with a regulatory background just don't have. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you need that perspective. I think you have to balance it out with uh, other people that are concerned about the broader economy. But we we have a lot of a lot of spaces still to fill. Right, some key spots and, at the Federal Reserve coming. You know, up. and I, I was just going to say, well, just really quickly, also Daniel Torillo. I was just going to say that too. We just got an alert saying he's yeah. going to resign. Wow. Yeah, the, well, he 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 did resign. Oh, yeah. The, the Fed the Fed sent around an alert that said he'd submitted his regulation. Paul makes he's us turn off our phones when we come into this uh, to the studio, <laughs> so that's that's why I was out of the loop on that. <laughs> That but but that's a that's also I think a big you know uh, important part of this you know the sort of deregulation or you know a changing regulatory environment for the banks. Oh, I, I think the I think that the personnel at the bank regulatory agencies are going to have uh, as much effect as the legislative changes that we see. I think legislation is going to have to get through the House and the Senate, and I'm not actually expecting uh, enormous changes in Dodd-Frank in the near term because of the composition of the Senate. Hmm. But I think the regulatory climate can change more quickly. 
Uh, I, I have to ask one question. This is totally off the topic, but I have to ask Oliver this. Uh, <laughs> your website for Morrison Forster, the, the URL is mofo.com, mm-hmm. which is mofo. Mm-hmm. Are- in in some in some places that's a it's a it's slang for something else. Oliver, <laughs> has anyone ever commented on that at the around the firm? I I couldn't help but people, notice. People have commented on it. I the the uh, nickname has been around for Years. many decades. Yeah, it's it, it's not new. Uh, I. I I'm not sh- exactly sure the origin. <laughs> I I think it was uh, originally used for softball shirts. Yeah. No, oh, I mean I, I have to I have to say I want that softball. I, shirt. I have to say, Paul, you're I think are the only person <laughs> really because they they have hats. Like I said, we asked the hard questions. Yeah, yeah. no, you it was it's news to you. Uh, listen, I'm asking for our <laughs> listeners. Maybe they're not aware. I mean, they're not all aware. That not everyone is as plugged in as you are, Steve. Uh, that, that is true. I represent the listener, and that's my role here. So I ask these questions. So that's why I had to ask that question, Oliver. I'm glad you asked that one. I was. Thank you too. very much. Thank <laughs> you very much. All right. Listen, uh, on that rather goofy note, let's leave it there. Oliver Ireland, Morrison Foster is the firm. Oliver, thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks right. a lot, Oliver. And everyone, as always, thank you for your time. We really appreciate you listening, and we will catch up with you again very soon. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously.